Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. This is the Thursday, April 21st edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we have got a lot to talk about. Chris, I want to start off with the fact of the day, my friend. Okay. Since 2010, Texas and Texas A&M each have one 10-win season each in college football. Oklahoma State has seven. Does that blow your mind? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> not, uh, it, it doesn't blow my mind so much. Uh, getting 10 wins in the SEC, especially in the SEC West, is, is no small feat. They win a lot of those years with uh, Kevin Sumlin as their head coach. And, uh, you know, so that's just not going to be able to compete for A&M. There's no explaining why Texas is there. The Big 12 has just been there to be taken, and they just step on their dick over and over and over again. It blows my mind. It, it just blows my mind. Oklahoma and- To be able to play the Big, tw- the Big 12 schedule and not find two uh, – not be able to, to to don't slip up in three games. And here's what's wild. I bet they have an unbelievable record against Oklahoma in that. So it's not like you've got this one juggernaut who keeps beating you, and so that's like the gimme loss every year. Yeah. They do really well against Oklahoma. It's the bullshit losses to all the other teams that they should be destroying. They have two losses to Kansas. To Kansas, I was just about to say. <laughs> Two, I bet. I bet in two of those seasons they have losses to Kansas. Well, yeah, and, and Kansas only has two other Big Twelve wins uh, in the last what, like eight years? I mean, it, yep. it's crazy. So no, Kansas has four wins. Two of them are against Texas. I can I can forgive the A and M one. I know A and M fans probably can't, and I know other people just assume because they have so much money and they're so big, they should be better. Um, the, the level of competition in the SEC is just insane. 
so that that I can forgive, to be honest. Yes. I, I don't know how you explain the Texas thing. I just don't. But Oklahoma State, who is, I'll, I'll tell you who this, is they consistently... Won't like this. If a, you were to swap A&M and Texas over the last 12 years during that time span, A&M is dominating. A few, not every year, obviously, but they are 10 wins at least half of those years I, I would, in the Big yeah, 12. I would agree with that. I would agree with Someone that. Someone probably doesn't get fired. The fact that Oklahoma State has seven... 10 win seasons since 2010. Oh man, that's my gummy, baby. Crazy shit. We talk about. But it just look at like look at recruiting rankings. It, it this is a very good sign of recruiting rankings are not everything, right? Yes, I, I say that all the time. Oh yeah. Now, the problem is is recruiting rankings matter when you're talking about winning at all. Oh yes. The 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 difference between the best 22 and the best 56 is a huge huge difference. Oklahoma State can hang with most anybody in the country with the best 22. It's when you play the Alabamas and the Oklahomas and the Clemsons where they have the best 56, and then at some point in time in the game, you just can't play. Yes. Yes, I agree with you. I agree with you. <laughs> it, it blows my mind. When I looked at that uh, that number, that stat, I was like, man, seven out of the last 12 years Oklahoma State has had a well, ten win season, and, and you know what's wild? Unlike Texas, I, Oklahoma hasn't beaten Oklahoma State any of those seven years, probably. Yeah, no, like, Oklahoma State. They're, like, they're starting off without the without the gimme win. Exactly. Like, they they have they have a guaranteed loss. You can only lose two games. They have a guaranteed loss in all those years. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's mind blowing, mind blowing stuff. Uh, speaking of mind-blowing, let's go ahead and hit the daily topics. Uh, the first one here, Villanova head coach Jay Wright has retired from college basketball. He will no longer be the Wildcats head coach. He is only 60 years old. He's been coaching for 35 years, 21 of them as the head man at Villanova. Four Final Fours, two national titles, uh, just a slew of Big East titles, uh, an A-10 champion, everything else, right? Or America East, I think is what it was before. Um, but just a, a, an incredible career, but one that I don't think that we saw ending uh, quite so abruptly, right? I, I think now that we have seen Coach K retire and we saw Roy retire, like those guys were old. Uh, but at the same time, you now have Jay Wright, who decided to walk away. You've got Mark Turgeon, who was at Maryland, who decided to quit in the middle of the season. you got uh, Chris Mack, who was at Louisville, who just decided, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I think you're going to see a lot more of this uh, going forward because the money is so big, but there is no downtime. There is no offseason. There's no... You know, there's always something for us to talk about, whether it's college basketball, college football, whatever. Whether the season is in session or not, there's always something going on. You got to re recruit your players every year because the transfer portal is wide open. You got all this whole slew of different things that are going on. And Jay Wright has been on the record about not being exactly happy with everything. It's not that he is against NIL or transferring or whatever, it's just that there is no regulation. So there's no chance for him to be able to even take a break, right? And once you've made a certain amount of money, because, I mean, he was making, you know, six, seven, eight million dollars a year. Like, just a crazy money for a college basketball coach, at least compared to a decade ago. 
I, once yep. you've made that much money, like why put up with the hassle? Like I, th- I think I think we're going to see a lot more of this. We talked about it with Bob Stoops a few years ago, uh, and same thing with Chris Peterson in college football. Like these guys have made oodles of money. I think we're going to see a ton more of this. Do you kind of feel the same way? Well, I wonder. I also wonder if I was Doc Rivers, I better you better make a hell of a playoff run this year because the seventy sixes wanted Jay uh, before the win got Doc. They well, yeah. settled for Doc. He was he was their second choice. So. And um, I don't think right. Jay I, wants to go to the NBA, by the way. He he has said well, over and over that he don't want to do the NBA. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I'll say that. So he's made enough money. He's won enough. He can do whatever the hell he wants. I'm not going to criticize him for that. I appreciate the fact that he, 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 in my eyes, is the right way to do things and the wrong way to do things, and he retired the right way. Like, he played his season out. He weighed his options. He made a decision to quit, and he quit. Like, as soon as you know you're going to quit something, just walk away. I say it all the time. As soon as you know you have a losing hand, fold it. Just get out. Walk away. And uh, I, I know that I criticize Coach K because I don't like him, but, like, doing the fanfare, thinking how much are you into this season? Because you're already making retirement plans, right? Like, yeah. it's like, – anyway, so neither here nor there. Um, I appreciate that. Now, the – the guys that are leaving because the job has gotten harder, I understand that is a frustrating thing, okay? I understand that that is a hard thing to do where you had a job, you made a lot of money, and it was, let's say, easier. Not easy, but easier. And now, all of a sudden, you're still making a lot of money, but your job is much more difficult than it used to be. I'm really sorry. You're highly compensated. Fucking go to work. Like, <laughs> if you've got enough money to quit, good on you. Okay? If you've got enough money to retire and go do whatever you want, that's great. But please don't tell a bunch of people out here that are grinding their ass off to try to make a living that 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 we should feel sorry for you because you don't have downtime. That you don't have enough time. Like, you don't get to take your month-long vacation. I'm, I'm really sorry. There's people that will go their entire life and not take a month's worth of vacation, okay? They just won't. So I, I, I don't feel bad for these guys who are making five to, to nine million dollars a year, complaining that they, you know, we have to work all the time. Listen, you, you know why this? I know that Coach Cal didn't do good this year, and that Kentucky team disappointed in the playoffs. I understand all that. Do, do you know why the NIL and the um? The, uh, the transfer portal will not affect Kentucky and Coach Cal at all because he's been recruiting a whole new class every year anyway. Yes. Living off the backs of juniors and seniors willing to stay for you isn't anything that he's ever done, all right? I, I think that if the guys like the Coach Cows that have been living off the one-and-dones are about to take off, we're about to really see who the best coaches in college basketball are now because – the more veteran team guys, they're gonna really struggle with this world. Oh yeah, the dudes that are that are that are re- recruiting machines and they never take time off. That, those guys are going to flourish in the next five to ten years. Because well, Calipari, of this. by the way, let me let me interrupt you there. Calipari has pivoted to taking transfers, and that's where yeah. it, like that's the biggest thing is he but has figured he out. Never hey, stops recruiting. Yeah, he never stopped anyway. Like he's always done no. this. 
this is no different to him. Instead of going to high schools to see guys, he's now going to see other college guys. Instead it. of going to see 18-year-olds and 17-year-olds, he's going to see 19- and 20-year-olds. But he's never stopping recruiting anyway. Yeah. And I think those guys are about to hit their heyday. And, and as much as I love Jay Wright, and I love Roy Williams, and as great of a coach as, as Coach K was, they lived and died with developing a team, and every two to three years, they would have a team that could really make a run and go for a title. And, and they would always be good enough, because they were recruiting at such a high level, to make the tournament just about every year. But to really make runs, it was every other year, you know? And that's because they needed guys with a little bit of experience, a little bit of age. And we kill guys like Cal and say, look how talented those teams he's had here, and he's only got one title. Well, he's got one title less than Jay Wright, and he recruits a whole new team every year. Yes. Yeah, Jay Wright so, found a way to do it. Remember, he won the 2016 national title. He won the 2018 national title. And then yep. now in 2022, he made it to another Final Four. Like, the guy knows what he's doing, and it's it's every other year, every few years, where he has a really, really good team that can make a championship run, right? He developed players at Villanova. Uh, another guy, hey, Jim Beheim, still coaching. He's 77 years old. He's still doing his thing at Syracuse. Tom Izzo, he, he's getting on up there, and he is still coaching. Uh, I'm just curious how long they will stick around with all this new the new stuff, right? The, the way that they did it is not going to be replicable anymore, I don't think. Uh, and Tom Izzo, by the way, is 67 years old. So he's... Well, no, they, years they, listen, yeah. Beheim, I believe we're going to get a call any day now that he's going to retire as well. I think he's coaching his kids, and that's it. Yeah. And, 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 and the day his kids are done there, I think he'll be done there. That's, that's Now, that's just a thought I have. I've heard other people say that before, too. Um, he can leave whenever he wants. If he stays after Buddy and them are gone, that I will, I'll be shocked. That that'll shock the shit out of me. Yeah, no, I can I can believe you. I can believe you. Uh, Neptune, by the way, is the name of the new head coach, Kyle Neptune. He had been the head coach at Fordham uh, this past season. He had just gotten that job. He led the Rams to a sixteen and sixteen season, which was a fourteen win improvement. Over their 2020-2021 year, they only had two wins in 2020 and 2021. Um, but he he had been with Jay Wright for 10 years. As an assistant, he started as a video coordinator. Um, I mean, he'd, he'd done just about anything that you could do for Jay Wright, so he knows that program in and out. Uh, so they, I mean, he announced his retirement. They hired the next guy. All that just within a matter of a few hours. And just went ahead and had it all nicely sealed up, had a, a bow uh, put on it, and released it to the media, and here it is. And I like the way it was done. I mean, it's they kept everything in-house. It was really nice. Uh, and tell me this, in, let's say, five years, Villanova's still like the kings of the Big East? Uh, no, I, I probably not. I mean, I think Villanova's really good, but, you know, are they the best team in the Big East? Maybe. But we, you know, I think I think we're about to go through a cycle. Oh yeah, where because things have changed, you know, it's just gonna it's just gonna be different. I really believe it's just gonna be different. I think so too. I think so too. Speaking of different, things might be different in San Francisco. Let's move to the NFL for a little bit. 
Debo Samuel has requested a trade from the 49ers. This came down uh, the day after we recorded uh, back on Monday. So Tuesday roundabout is when this started uh, leaking out. I think on Wednesday it really became a, a huge thing. Uh, this is this is interesting. Uh, there is an article from Pro Football Talk where <laughs> apparently uh, they have been doing some digging around, and it may really be as simple as, one, he wants a new contract extension anyway, and I don't know that the yep. 49ers are going to give that to him. But uh, second, he, he may just not want to live in California, apparently, uh, which apparently is a real factor for a lot of different players. Uh, you know, he's, he's from South Carolina. That's what I was about to say, guys from, yeah. guys from the deep south, I mean, it really is a culture shock. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's a real culture shock. And you would think a black guy leaving the deep south, you know, he should want to go out west where they're more welcoming of, you know, people like him or whatever, man. People who don't live in the deep south just assume this is where racism is is just rampant. It's just, it's just not that way, man. Yeah. White people and black people live together in these cities. I go up to Cleveland, and Cleveland has plenty of black people. But, like, all the little towns around Cleveland don't have any. It's just nothing but white people. And and they don't really know what it's like to live around other people that are different than them. And so some of them hold prejudices against people that are different than them, and some of them are very welcoming of people different than them, but they just don't interact with them at all. And that and I can't speak for California because I, I don't. I'm not there. I'm yeah. assuming where he's at in San Francisco is wildly diverse. But I'm just saying, <laughs> like so. the 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 assumption that all of the hatred of 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 race is, is all over the South. We live together, man. Yes. Like like there's Absolutely. there's not an area of Mississippi that I have been where there aren't just as many black people as white people and Hispanics have, our population is growing and everybody lives together. Yes. You know, we all shop at this. There's not a black grocery store and a white grocery store that didn't exist. We all go to the same one. <laughs> like it, it's not like other neighborhoods that I've been to when I've gone up North. So I, I can, I can see, you know, leaving the, the deep South. I'm curious where he would want to go. I know, of course you're talking culture wise, the two teams that I, I read yesterday have made, uh, I'm going to preface, I can't quote the word, but very, very strong. The two strongest offers reportedly given to the 49ers were the Patriots and the Jets. Now, culture wise, it, it ain't any different if you go to the Northeast. Okay. No, no, not That's at just all. <laughs> worse weather, but, but same, same lifestyle. Uh, now, you know, I did hear but, this. Uh, uh, I, I read that the Texans are one that you need to watch out for as far as Debo yep. is concerned. So, yep. you know. Well, they've got is... a lot of money and they've got assets. Yes. The team that's going to need to get him, hey, this is one of those situations we've talked about in the past where you're going to have to pay twice for this guy. You're going to have to pay in draft picks and in compensation because he's looking for a new deal. This is what happened with Tyree. You look at, you look at, look at his deal. Look at what the Dolphins had to trade away, and then they had to break open a checkbook. So you got to you're basically paying twice the price for him. Would you would you pay more than one first round draft pick, and then you know you can toss in a third or a fourth or something like that? But but would you do twos or two first uh, first round picks for him? Well, I mean, just depending on 
So that's hard to say. It depends on what assets I have. You right. see what I'm saying? Like, like if, if I have a million dollars, would I pay $10,000 for this thing? Sure. If I have $20,000, would I pay $10,000 for this thing? You know, now, now it's greatly different. So if you're a team like the Eagles, who over the next two years has like four first-round draft picks and, and, and a ton of second- and third-round draft picks, then, then yeah, I would, pay, I would pay what it took to get him. I, let me tell you this. I wouldn't, I wouldn't let one pick make me not pull the trigger on getting a guy like him because what are you doing with that draft pick? You're hoping to get a guy like him. So, so, so you, can, you can take this thing and hope, and then you got that thing and you got it cheap, or you can just guaranteed have the thing. I think the Rams are the ones that have taught us uh, F them picks, right? Like, go get the proven commodity, make it work, and uh, and we'll pay for it. Like, we'll just pay for the wins. Like, it's, and I understand that. Uh, let's look at it from the other side. If you're the 49ers, you know you got to pay him coming up, but would you do the trade? I, I think if I'm the 49ers, I would. Well, the first thing I would do is try to make him happy. And and if you if you can't talk into him, if you know that he's out, you know that he just says, I'm hitting there's nothing you can do. I'm gonna hit free agency and when I do, I'm gonna leave because I don't like living here. So they have one more year on the deal and then they could franchise tag him twice because the franchise tag right now for receivers that second year isn't so insane that you wouldn't pull that trigger. Um and, and and so so you could, so basically they could hold him hostage for for three three football seasons, um, if they wanted to realistically pretty easily. Uh, so you know I, I don't I don't really know I don't really know what I would do because letting a guy like that walk I'm telling you guys teams that trade away their superstar rarely win the trade they True. they just usually the team that gets the best player in the deal wins the deal every time. People looked at all the draft picks the the, the Browns gave up to get Watson. I'm telling you, they're going to – when this thing's over with, there's nobody Houston's going to draft with those picks that's going to be better than Watson. Like, <clears throat> the Dolphins have tried drafting, you know, receivers right and left. But they've missed on all of them. None of them are going to be as good as Tyree. So you yeah. just go get Tyree. Like, I, I just think – I just think I would, I'd be, you'd have to make me a hell of an offer, or he would have to make it clear I don't want to be here. And so now, do I get a guy? Because now we live in a world where you can't. I feel like I'm just garbaging out a word salad, but I'm trying to get what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I think we're getting it. You, you, you can't with with players being able to say I'm hurt, I don't want to play. Like like you're you're you know. Derek Harden situations, you know, like he magically got better the second he, you know, left Houston. James Harden, yeah. James Harden situations. He magically, we went to high school with a guy named Derek Harden. Yes, we did. Good, great dude. <laughs> uh, he, he magically got better when he left Houston. Like all of a sudden, he couldn't play, and then he went to Houston, and, and or he went to to the Nets, and he was magically better. And then, oh, I don't want to be in the Mets Nets anymore, so I'm going to get hurt again. And then magically gets to Philadelphia, and it's just like the elixir of life. 
Well, we it's just we it's live a in whole, that world yeah, where it's players... A, it's a different mindset now, right? Players... So he knows have, I don't have, have to leverage. hold out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have to hold... Well, the thing is, that's not just leverage. Like, there's there's something that's going to happen in one of these sports franchises where they're going to get sick of paying these guys to sit on the bench and not play. And then the second they get what they want, they're magically healthy. Like, somebody's going to take one of these guys to arbitration or, oh, yeah. or sue them in some way. And they're going to bring in doctors that aren't connected to either one of them that are unbiased and say, give this person an exam and are they healthy to play? And, and if they're, you know, if they're, all, if they're deemed healthy enough to play, they can sit out, but their, their paycheck gets cut off. Yeah. Like that's going to happen at some point in time because these, these billionaire owners aren't just going to keep taking this over and over again. But right now that hadn't happened. And he always has that card to play. So if you try to force him to stay there for the next two to three years with the franchise tag, then then I, I think I think you're gonna I think you're gonna hurt your franchise more than you're gonna help your franchise. I, so I, think I would so as take well. whatever deal I could get, but I feel like they just have to know we have our hands on a guy that's transcended, and we're about to have to give him away, and we're not going to get anything close to value for him. Hey, you might be right about that. I, I do wonder. I just I think that this past year might have been his peak efficiency. Um, and you know, if you understand, like you just said, that he does not want to be here, uh, you might as well cut your losses, trade for whatever you can get, and make sure it's something that's worth the the trade. Obviously. Man, it's so easy like, to say that though, because oh, nobody has ever quote unquote cut their losses and came out on the better end of that. No, no team has ever done that. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, I got to tell you this: if uh, if he gets traded on draft night while we are live, I will lose my mind. <laughs> I'm so pumped about this. Well, this NFL I, draft. I think stream. if he's going to get traded, usually it's on draft night where guys teams fall in love and 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 they feel like now's the time to make our move. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's if the 49ers want to move up, get into the the first round, and really make a move for somebody, uh, that would be a, a nice a nice carrot to dangle. So so we'll see. We'll see. We've got, uh, we've got a few other things that we want to hit on. Let me go on and do the reads right quick. Uh, we can be found over at winningcureseverything.com. That is the website. Easy to find everything you need to know about us. If you've not already subscribed to the website, to the website, to the podcast, do so, please, over at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Etc. Leave a nice five-star written review. That certainly helps us out. Same thing on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Make sure that you've liked the video. All the videos, really. That helps us out. But uh, but jump into the comments. Jump into the chat, etc. We love to hear from you. If you're watching right now, like this video. We certainly appreciate that. You can find us on Twitter. At GaryWCE. At ChrisBGiannini. And at WinningCures. Those are the handles. And you can always DM us or just tweet at us. We will respond. We get through all that different stuff. And if you want to see more of my smiling mug or my my beautiful, beautiful, sultry voice, you can do that over at BetUSTV.com. Uh, next week, I'm hosting an NFL draft live show for the BetUS NFL show, uh, etc. So, So, yeah, yeah, go ahead and check that out. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Uh, Next on the docket here, Lincoln Riley decided to write a letter to Oklahoma fans apologizing for for the way that he left Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, Did you see the letter? No, but I saw that he he went on the Players' Tribune Tribune and, and wrote one. I, I wasn't going to read it. I don't care. Well, no, first I off, I mean, you're not an Oklahoma fan, so it really wasn't to you, But uh, and same with me. But if if you are a coach that left another school, would you have ever done this? I mean, it, you should write like a short statement. You don't need to go into full depth about everything. I mean, it's, it's kind of a waste, isn't it? This, this is – can you imagine, like, neither one of us have ex-wives, so this is, I guess, a hard thing. Could you imagine, like – I'm I'm trying to picture what I would write or what like my ex wife if, if if you know I had one could write to me to like explain why they left right <laughs> like I don't care like I don't need your explanation I don't give a shit you're gone all right and now that I know who you are like I don't want you back yeah like, no, this you know, is not how, closure like <laughs> why why do this only has downside this only has downside. There's zero upside to this whatsoever. I don't know why you do it. This well, is... I do know why you do it. I, do, <laughs> I know why he did it. Because he's an idiot, okay? Yeah. He's really good at coaching football. But we assume that these guys are geniuses at everything else because they're really good at coaching football. No, no. He's really good at coaching football. And other than that, he's a moron. For the most part, yes. And And by the way, this did not have the effect that I think he intended on it having uh, over at Sooner Scoop, not. here I'm going to read you some of these message board posts. Uh, Sooner Scoop, it's a part of the rivals message boards. Uh, <laughs> Omaha four OU said twat. Hope the worst for Tebow. Which, by the way, Tebow means that bitch out west. Uh, it says karma will get him. Boomer, uh, dear Lincoln, f you. Glad though your sorry lying softest charming ass is gone along with your CrossFit trainer and gimmicky DC. You are truly where you belong, and we all have a good idea how it will end up out west. Uh, <laughs> Vegas Sooner said, 
He's such a puss, it's unbelievable. I honestly can't stand him for the last couple of seasons. The constant excuses and the straight shit-ass way he was during media sessions drove me crazy. Uh, let's see, Tebow is a, a lie. <laughs> uh, who tried to burn the program down when he left. F you, you big chicken shit lying piece of crap. You screwed my university. I'll never forgive you for your vindictive BS. Rotten hell. Oh, <laughs> hang on. No, you didn't just leave. You also pilfered the... The, the pantry before you left. You also <laughs> you also emptied the bank account on your way out. Oh how my are you going to say I'm sorry for that? I mean, seriously, it's how are you going to say I'm sorry for that? Not only am I leaving, but I'm taking all the best players with me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and to think but, that but he now could I'm going to write a letter him. six yeah. weeks later saying I'm sorry for all that and here's my reasoning. Like, I, I don't care your reasoning. I don't. I don't. That's I, I think I think most of these fans feel the exact same way. It's it's like what are you doing? You can't do all this and then just smile at us and say eh, sorry and it'd be okay. <laughs> no, no. When somebody scorns you the way he scorns you, you hope they die in a, a, a fiery car crash. Like yeah. you don't want anything good to happen to them in their life. You don't because they. They didn't just break your heart. They broke your heart and then took shit from you. Yes. Yes. It's it's mind-blowing, really. Like, it is... I, it, I don't even know what to say about it at this point. I wish he had stuck to the heel turn, right? Because yes! he, had, he had done that, and I could respect him a little more for that. Now I have totally. no idea what he's doing. Oh, my gosh. We're, we're of the same brain. I was just thinking, like... Just play the bad guy. You went to L.A. You went to Los Angeles. That's where assholes are like kings, man. <laughs> Not one person out there is a good dude that's like actually somebody special. Nobody. Everybody's a prick. So so just embrace it. Yes. Like stick to the heel turn. It was way better. It was so yes. much better. Oh, man. That's, that's exactly it. Anyway, I saw that he wrote it, and I thought, this is stupid. <laughs> so I, I didn't waste my time. I, I didn't even know you wanted to talk about it until you sent me the thing, and I was just like, it, we, "We're it, a college a bad football, idea. yeah, we're a college football podcast, so of course we're going to hit." I got on something a whole like book that. of bad <laughs> ideas. That's on it. You leave somewhere, just say goodbye. Just yes. say goodbye. It's the easiest way to do it. Easiest way to do it, it. It's hard. It's hard when media people keep asking you about the other place and asking you questions. Then. You you got to find a creative way to answer those things to where you don't you know dismiss or spurn like the past because they did give you a chance and that's where you kind of made your bones. But then you also got to like be positive about where you're at now, and that's a hard needle to thread. And and that's why these guys are highly compensated. And oh, sometimes yeah. they they have gaffes and they say stupid things, and and then they have to backtrack those things and. That's all part of it. But when you put yourself out there, you chose to write this letter. Yes. You chose to put this out there. Don't media, this isn't media people asking you hard questions. This is you willing to start this fight again. Like, what are we doing? It's, I, I do know this. There are real relationships that he built when he was at Oklahoma, and, and those sure. people will continue to be friends with him regardless of whether he is the coach at USC or at Oklahoma. But I'm sure but that there are friendship. people. Right, those are friendships that, you, that some of them might feel scorned, and maybe that's where part of this came from. 
but I, I still don't understand now, why you would even speak if on If you it. have a relationship, those are friendships. If you have a friendship, then you deal with those friendships on a personal level. You didn't have those friendships in the public, so you don't address those friendships in the public. Agreed. Like, like that's that's it. Is is because I, I totally understand that it's impossible to live somewhere. There are people in in Baton Rouge right now that are still extremely close to Nick Saban because he was there for a long time and they got close to him. They became yeah. really good friends with him, and that's fine. <clears throat> they don't have to hate him the way I hate him. I I, I, I would think less of them if they did because. That's how friendships work. Exactly. But I don't have a friendship with him, so I hope he dies in a fiery car crash. <laughs> like, I'm using that as a euphemism. You don't come at me. It's just that I want sure. people to really die. But, like, this is what you think. Like, I don't want anything good for him. I, I totally because understand. Because he used to be mine. We weren't good enough, and he left. But, but here's the deal. Nick Saban never had to write some kind of love letter to the fans of LSU oh, God, or anything I would have, like that. I would, but you know why he didn't? Because you, I've called Nick a lot of things. You know what I've never called Nick? Never called Nick a bitch. Yeah, it makes sense. And that's what this movie. Let's cut to the chase of it. That's what this movie is. Oh it's yeah, a bitch move. Well, when when Les Miles left Oklahoma State to come be the LSU head coach, he didn't have to apologize. Yeah. He didn't have to no, say sorry for anything. He, nope. Like nope, nope. And he didn't. He did do something like that. Then no, you just leave. You just and it's hard. Because you get asked questions. Brian Kelly still gets asked questions all the time about Notre Dame. And then he answers them. And then people that are Notre Dame fans are like, quick, get, get our name out of your mouth. Like, what am I supposed to do? I'm answering questions about things. And you've got to deal with that usually the first year. Yes. And then it's over. But, but if Brian Kelly wrote this letter, I'm, if, if, if he comes out in the players' computer in the next week or two, I'm going to think a lot less of him. I'm going to judge him harshly. My guy, I'm going to judge him harshly for that. I, I, I tend to agree. Sad, and I think it's really pathetic. I, I enjoy when the players write letters, uh, you know, when they're uh, writing letters to their team, not for retirements or not for... Uh, players sorry, are different. Players, yeah, are different. players are different. I don't want to hear about coaches leaving to go from one no. job to the other. I don't... It, this no. is a business. <laughs> well, here's the deal. Players get drafted. No coach has ever been drafted before. Yeah. So, so when Kevin Durant was drafted to Oklahoma City... Like he, he wasn't an Oklahoman. Okay, he he didn't grow up dreaming of being an Oklahoma, you know, uh, Thunder player because they didn't exist when he was a little kid. Like like yeah. he, di, di, you know, he he didn't make any pretend, but he had a good time there, and he had some special things happen there. And so when he chose to leave, he said goodbye to the people that that he kind of welcomed that he wasn't expecting to be special to him. When he was born, he never thought Oklahoma City would be a special place to him. It became a special place. And so, so players, I get, because they don't get to choose this, where they start especially. They don't get that choice. Yes. Every coach is there by choice. Nobody put a gun to their head and held their families hostage and said, you're going to coach you. Yeah, you're right. He didn't have to go to USC. Like, he, if he loved Oklahoma that much and everything else, he, he could have stayed there. He could have stayed, and he could have said thanks, but no thanks. You got it. My team is better than yours. I've made playoffs without you. I'll, I'll, I'll get over the hump and win a playoff game eventually. You have got that right. You've got that right. Uh, let's move to college basketball for a minute. We already talked about Jay Wright uh, leaving, but 
Let's talk right quick about Oscar Sheebway uh, returning. He is the National Player of the Year in college basketball. He is returning to Kentucky. Uh, he's, you know, seven-foot big man, averaged like 15.1 rebounds last year, uh, averaged a double-double. It's the most rebounds that anybody's uh, averaged in a season in, God, three decades. I mean, it's just a bananas uh, what he was able to do on the court. However, uh, he will be coming back to school next year. He's a transfer from West Virginia, by the way. But, uh, but yeah. he did big things in Lexington, so he is coming back to Kentucky. And part of the reason why he's coming back first He's not projected to be a first-round NBA pick because he's a big man, and you don't really have a lot of room for big men that can't move all that well. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is one thing, but, you know, Carl Anthony Towns can shoot threes, and he can do whatever. Oscar Sheepway cannot do that, at least not right now. So he's going to come back because I think one of the biggest reasons is because he can make, uh, Jeff Goodman reported, sources have told him, there, he's going to earn in the neighborhood of $2 million in NIL deals playing at Kentucky over the next season. I, this is where NIL becomes a really, really good thing. I think this is what it was intended to be, and I'm not saying that NIL is bad in any of the different ways that people want to pay kids. I, that doesn't bother me in the slightest. We've talked about it before, Chris. But uh, this is what you know, guys that have proven themselves on the court, guys that have gone out and done it, uh, the National Player of the Year in college basketball should be worth $2 million a year at that school. Like I'm, I think he's worth more than that to Kentucky basketball overall. So this, I think this is great. What, uh, what do you think about Oscar Sheepway coming back? Yeah, no, I think it's good. This will be a, a big man that Cal gets to have for, um, you know, that, that's got some experience. It's got some age to him. It's got some grown-up. Uh, abilities to him and you're right the reason he's not going into the draft is there's a chance he might have been a first round pick but it was going to be a late first rounder which is no different than, than, than a second rounder anymore and um the game of basketball at the professional level is just played differently uh, i don't know if it was here or if i was arguing with somebody else that you when you're approached with the option to take an elite transcendent guard are an elite transcendent big man in today's game, you have to take the guard because yeah. there's a chance that big man could, could be real special for you. There's no doubt that the guard will be real special for you. Yeah. Uh, the game is just played outside in now. And to be an elite big man in the NBA, look at the assist numbers of the great big men today. If you're not an elite passer, because the game is played outside in, then, then you're then you're not staying on the court long enough to, to 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 make meaningful minutes anyway, and you have to have some range, even even if it's deeper mid range, you got to have some kind of shot, and and if you don't have those things, stay in college, develop those skills because because of your size and your athleticism, rebounding ain't going anywhere. So those rebounding yeah. skills are going to be with you as long as you have athletic ability. Because your size doesn't go anywhere. Well, we we and, saw and, this right in in game two of the yeah. uh, the Grizzlies and Timberwolves series. Stephen Adams exactly got on right. the floor for the first three minutes, and then he was out and for then the entire rest because he he and cannot I, and defend. I, and, I, and I fought and I argued in our group chat and everything else. I argued. I do not want him starting. I want Brandon Clark because Brandon Clark is more athletic than him. Yes. And right now we don't need a big to just take up space in the middle. We 
need a big that can be athletic. We can need a big that can run with pounds. That's just as athletic, that can that, that doesn't get tired, that can guard the perimeter and the inside. It's just where the game is gone. Yes. The NBA is just different nowadays. Just different. So But I I'll tell you this, I think he'll re- I think he'll bring havoc in college because not all college kids have a pure shot anymore. And a big man like him makes it really hard for college kids to score in the paint. You have got that right. Uh, now on the other side, Kofi Coburn uh, from Illinois has decided he is going to go into the draft, uh, but he's he's kind of the same as Shibway, so that'll be your example of, you know, it, does he get drafted in the first round? Is there value for these big guys? And the big guys are useful, especially during the regular season and whatnot, but it's very matchup yep. dependent. Uh, that's that's, the, that's it. It's matchup dependent. The back-to-backs really usually weigh on them and hurt them. Um, and uh, and if you don't if you don't develop a shot, but also on the defensive side, because the other great big men are starting to shoot more threes, you got to figure out a way to to be able to defend the perimeter and the paint at the same time. Oh yeah, that that's not as easy as it looks when these guys move so fast on the offensive side of the ball. That's look, Rudy Gobert is. Uh, I mean, he's routinely up for defensive player of the year. Oh, and, and yeah, the Nuggets can't a, even yeah. play him. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the issue. It's like during the season, he's fine. When you go up against somebody like the Warriors, uh, he cannot guard the perimeter, so there's no use for him. They, like they take him out of the game by just not going into the paint. You got that right. You got and that so right. And so now he's rendered useless. And when he goes out to the paint, you just pick and roll around him. He's not fast enough to get back to the paint to guard him. He exactly. can't collapse down on you. Because he's not fast. Because and it's not that he's not fast. Because he's an athletic freak. Yeah. It's the guys going around you. The ball handling skills of guys today. It's just just light years above <laughs> what what it used to be. These guys are so fast with a damn basketball. Now, speaking of fast, it's tough. Yeah, oh, it is tough. Let's uh, let's transition. Let's go back to college football really quick. Former Alabama wide receiver Ajay Hall has transferred to Texas. Now, this is not a, uh, a reunion with Steve Sarkeesian because Ajay Hall was a true freshman last year, and, and he never played for Steve Sarkeesian. But uh, this is another Alabama player that has had troubles. You know, they also took in tight end Jaleel Billingsley, uh, who was constantly in Saban's doghouse. These are two different guys that Steve Sarkeesian has brought in to Texas that are known locker room problems. I, I'm curious your thoughts on this because all of the talent is there for both of these guys, Billingsley and Ajay Hall. My question to you is if you're Texas and you're trying to establish a culture and you're trying to, because this is the thing that we have said was the problem at Texas to begin with, uh, why why would you go this route? And, and do you think this will be successful for him? Yeah, I think it's going to be real successful for him because these guys have talent. And the only reason they're quote-unquote known locker room problems is because they're not just good enough to start at Alabama. But that doesn't mean they're not great. And so when they go somewhere else and they're elite and now they're definitely starting, you're not going to have any of these problems. Okay. I could I could see that. And so it, as long as he's got playing time and all that, uh, and I guess, I mean, one of the big issues right now is that Texas – uh, is not overloaded with talent. I mean, they do have 
they've got talented guys. They've got you know high recruiting classes every year, all that. But uh, but maybe it's not as overwhelming. And I'm wondering, like I don't think Sark goes at things the exact same way that Saban does. You kind of feel the same way on that one? Oh well, no, yeah, Saban's a taskmaster. Yeah, Sark isn't. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm curious about it. Curious about it um, because I do think it just it, trying to establish a culture. Uh, the way that the defensive lineman was talking about uh, just, what, last week, I guess it was that we talked about the culture of Texas. You know, I'm curious how this plays into that, but uh, but we shall see. This is going to be very, very interesting for year two. All the tools are there. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think, look, look, I don't think this is the culture problem. At some point in time, they got to bring in, bring in talented guys, okay? Yeah. And then they need to coach those guys up. The culture issues, I don't think, have been a player problem. I think the culture issue has been a a coach and a booster problem. Okay, uh, that's now, the biggest issue. Stark yeah, fixes those things, and the boosters obviously haven't changed. They're still all there, and they're still in control. We can we can criticize these kids all we want for not panning out or not being whatever we think they are, but but so many of the flaws and the problems that the kids are struggling with are having. Or because the, the adults in the room aren't being adults. That's that's the issue. I can see that. I can see that. Like the, the the reason you have a kid going on on not social media, but going to the media calling out other teammates for for being immature and not taking things serious and not getting the work in the way they're supposed to is because the coaches have allowed that. Yeah. Not the kid to go to the media, the guys to not put the work in. You can't expect an 18- or 19-year-old kid to come on your campus and just work on their own. These aren't professionals. The, the reason some guys don't manage in the pros but are great in college is because in college you have coaches that will keep their thumb on players Truth. and keep them working and get the best out of them. And if Texas isn't doing that, then Texas isn't going to win. It don't matter what kind of talent they bring in. They could get the highest class kid possible. With, with no locker room problems and all the talent in the world. If you don't make them work, an 18, 19-year-old ain't going to put in the work. True. True. It, it does make the Alabama at Texas game in week two uh, just that much more interesting, as if we didn't already have a bunch of crossovers going on in that game. It should be a fun, fun big noon kickoff because I would imagine that uh, that Fox has taken that one since they do have the Big 12 rights. See- this is where we disagree. You got one team that's been a juggernaut of college football, and you have another team that's five and seven and has two losses to Kansas. I, I mean, like I, I, it's only a big game, and it's only interesting because of the uniforms, and that's it. That's where the, <laughs> as soon, the second the game kicks off, and we're six minutes into the thing, it, it's going to be twenty-eight to nothing, and everybody wasted all their time I and think, all maybe the hoopla so. that we gave to boost up the game doesn't matter anymore. I mean, it, it, look, Texas has got Quinn Ewers, and they got all this difference. I understand where you're coming from. Um, okay, all we'll, right. we'll just see. We'll see. I mean, I, I, who knows, right? These things are incredibly unpredictable. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I think the same way that you do. I don't. I don't but, know that. I don't know that they're unpredictable. This is where we just disagree on things. <laughs> I don't think this is that hard to predict. I've had twenty right. years of seeing Texas being really good once. All right, and I got twenty years of Alabama dominating the sport. And to just assume that we're going to wake up tomorrow and that's going to now be a good game, like, 
what would, it's uh, gonna be a good game. What would you put the line on it? Like right now. Right like right now, because I don't know anything about this Texas team, but I know a lot about this Alabama team. I mean, I'd probably make it twenty. Whew. In Austin, I'd pro- you don't think like, you don't think Bama's going to win by three touchdowns? I mean, right, could forget I, that. The general public, not Texas fans, not Alabama fans. So it's hard to ask you. What do you think you've got to make the number to make general fans that have watched college football for the last twenty years put any money on Texas? Because if you make it 14, everybody's betting Alabama. You make it 17, everybody's betting Alabama. Because everyone says they're going to beat them by 100. So you got to go at least the three touchdowns. No, no, no. I think think you set this thing at 18. You get it over that 17 key number. uh, You set it at 18. And then you've got, you know, Texas fans that think, hey, you know, even if they just lose by 17 or whatever. uh, But then you've got other people that are a little more realistic that believe that uh, Alabama won by three touchdowns. So you said it eighteen nah, okay, nineteen. That's fine. I'm 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 going to tell you that I would bet when we look at this thing, if it's at eighteen and we're saying we're locking it, and we're not moving it. I bet eighty to ninety percent of the actions on Alabama. Hey, you might be right. You might be right. I, I remember bet Texas every, fans bet Texas. My, I bet Miami, everybody else bets Bama. Alabama Miami last year was a neutral site game, and it ended up eighteen. So, you know, I will. We'll that's see. when everybody in the world thought Miami was a monster. Remember, yeah, remember all that preseason? They're going to make the playoff talk, and I looked at everybody and said, "What? Are we talking about the same team?" Like, I don't think so. I don't think we're talking about the same I just thing. Don't get, look, I get a lot of things wrong, okay? <laughs> but uh, the, the 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 year after twenty eight to to, to to three, I said, "I don't think the Falcons team's very good. I think they're going to win like four games." And I got crushed, and I was like, "All right, I'm going to go back." And I tore up my schedule, and I redid it, and I came back with like seven games because everybody else I listened to had them winning ten games and making it to the playoffs, or so twelve games and making it back to the playoffs. I said, I just don't. We're not watching the same thing. They won four games. Yep, like you're right. I don't. I, I'm not always. Last year, Miami team. I don't know, man. I don't know where people get this from. I just uh, didn't think they were good. Texas. I would like Texas to be better than they've been. I think that they're going to wake up tomorrow and just win 11 games. I don't. Don't think so. <laughs> Maybe they're the 2019, you know, LSU Tigers. Maybe that's it. Because nobody saw that coming. Maybe. Maybe they could be that. Yeah, I doubt it. Maybe Quinn Ewers is the next Joe Bur- uh, Burrow. And, and, and I just, I got it all wrong. I doubt it. I very Maybe. much doubt it. <laughs> is Shark better than Coach O? Maybe. Probably. Maybe. We don't know that either. Think so. Like, but we don't know that. But look, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put a guaranteed bet on that. Okay? Exactly. Exactly. I don't think you're wrong. Let's uh, let's go on and knock out a few more just little quick hitters before we close this thing out. Uh, Pat McAfee looks like he may be joining Amazon's Thursday Night Football uh, team, and they could be moving his show to Amazon Prime. Now, I don't know if this would mean that they would take it off of YouTube and do it exclusively on Prime. But my question here is, he just signed a $120 million deal with FanDuel, right? And it was multiple years, whatever. And if they move the show to Amazon Prime, does that rip up the FanDuel deal, right? Because it's just an advertising deal, and you can keep that if you're, if you're moving away from one platform to another, the issue is I don't know that nearly as many people will watch if it's on exclusively on Amazon Prime. 
Uh, give me your thoughts on this. I'm, I'm curious how you think this deal would work. I have no idea about his deal and how that's going to work. I'm sure there's going to be a clause to where if your show gets pulled off of, you know, there's got to be a clause to where if he does something to get, like, banned off of YouTube, they get out of their deal, yeah. right? Got it. I mean, it so, has to. So, so, so this, would be, this would be treated the exact same. And, and there's a chance that they could say, well, you know, we'll keep the deal for one year uh, to see what the numbers look like. And if the numbers stay the same, then the deal stays the same. And if the numbers, you know, go down considerably, then we have an option to renegotiate the deal. I don't know. I, I, I hope this. I liked Pat McAfee when he was doing the Thursday night football college football game um, with with Ednam and uh, and uh, Matt Hasselback. Yep. And I I really enjoyed that, but the reason I enjoyed that was because he adds a lot of color and flair and entertainment. But he cannot be the color guy because he was a punter. So to work under the premise that he understands. The intricacy in like the details of <laughs> yes, that's what I was trying to say, but I don't know that word, and I just got over my skis a little bit there. Um, he doesn't know the details and the ins and outs of some of the game. He's not a quarter, not that quarterbacks yeah. can only do this, but you, I just don't think a punter's going to have. He's not going to have a whole lot more knowledge than a regular fan. He's much more informed than you and I, but that. That doesn't speak to what we're looking for when we're looking at a color guy. So I hope it's a three-man booth, and I hope they get a real color man that that understands the details of the game and can speak about them. Would Would McAfee be a better sideline guy? Uh, yes, because I think players would open up to him uh, better uh, when getting uh, sideline interviews and getting information. I tend to agree. I think that's the perfect spot for him. I, I think because it's not the head – like when you're coming out, like out of halftime or into halftime, and you're getting information about injuries or like let's say a guy goes down in the first quarter and like 15 minutes later we have a report or an update on that person. It's not the head coach that's giving you that information, all right? Yeah. The sideline reporter is talking to other people. I think Pat has the personality to get really good information out of those people, not just details. I think he could – get people to go a little deeper i also think he could get entertaining stories out of those people um for when you have the subsequent blowout game that's unwatchable uh so so i would wouldn't mind him being a sideline guy like i said i i had football ruined for a decade of monday night football because john gruden and john gruden's wildly uh informative and knowledgeable about the game but he refused to say anything negative about either team. So he wasn't and, being and honest. So, yeah. So he wasn't being honest. I think Pat would be honest, but I don't know that Pat would inform anything. There are enough people out here in the world that they have knowledge and the entertainment value. We got to find one of those people to do that job. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. There are enough former coaches or players that that really know the ins and outs of the sport that can do that job. I like what you're saying. I like what you're saying. Uh, I do want to wrap like up with Pat. this. I, I like Pat. You know well, I like Pat. I watch anything Pat does. I know you do. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think he's incredibly entertaining. He's uh, hey, he's hey, really good. Don't think, don't think that because he comes off YouTube that his ratings will fall. Everyone thought Joe Rogan 
would fall apart when he went to Spotify. Oh, his oh, yeah. numbers are going to tank. His numbers are going to tank. And they've done nothing but grow and grow and grow and grow. You don't think his fans won't follow him to to Amazon Prime? No, you're, you're, you're 100% crazy. right. Yeah, Because it's not right. like anybody in the world right now doesn't have Amazon Prime or access to an Amazon Prime account where they can download it to their phone or, or whatever. True. So, uh, and it, and yeah. he's still got uh he's still got the like the serious deal. Uh, they might have to take him off of a uh, serious or whatever, but he's still got his podcast, and he would still be able to put up YouTube clips. So like, it's not like he'd be yeah. going away. Well, that's what Rogan does. Rogan yeah. still does YouTube clips. Yep, exactly. But, but I'm just saying, like the, the assumption that if you get pulled off the platform, that's actually a good thing because that says that the platforms don't make gods. That yeah. guys that are creative and entertaining and they bring their own value, it, it, it ain't because the platform made them, all right? Yeah. <laughs> when Rogan went to Spotify and he went from 8 million people to 11 million people, like, all right, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't YouTube that made Rogan what he was. Nope. Okay? Nope, not at all. And, was, and, I don't think, and I don't think it's YouTube that makes Pack of Now, if he stays on YouTube, numbers will stay great, and, and it's, I think this deal will help YouTube numbers go through the roof. Oh yes, oh absolutely, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm I'm very curious what ends up happening here. Uh, the last thing that I wanted to bring up to you, this will be our last story for the day. Did you see that the U.S. Capitol was evacuated on Wednesday evening? No, I missed this story. I've, I have tried really hard, and this might be irresponsible as an adult that has like a responsibility to to be knowledgeable about things in the world, especially in our country. <laughs> And we've gotten so toxic to where I just stay away from 90% of all political stuff. No, no, no. It, I, I totally understand. Uh, this was uh, this was actually reported by CNN. Um, it was evacuated because an unresponsive aircraft was circling D.C. Uh, the Capitol Police were tracking that aircraft as a possible threat to the Capitol complex. And it turns out it was actually the Washington Nationals that were hosting an Army parachute team and they did not coordinate appropriately. Uh, it was Military Appreciation Night at Nats Park, and they <laughs> they didn't let everybody know that they were supposed to. Uh, but they had so it a- was our. Hang on. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It was our military plane. Yes. And the people that run our military <laughs> didn't know that it was our military plane. Yeah. Yeah. At the Capitol. It should. It just blow the whole fucking. Thing. Jesus Christ. That's a group of people that could die in a fire car crash. When I saw this, I thought I was going to die. Jesus. How moronic. Like, how dumb do you got to be, man? Oh, my God. So, yeah, the, the U.S. That are Army. in charge of our military didn't know that our military was flying around over their head. Yeah. And, and apparently did not coordinate appropriately with the, uh, the Capitol. You should have to not. coordinate. You should have uh, to coordinate. Somebody who works for our military should be able to look up and be like, yeah, that's one of ours. Yeah, it's ours. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. That's Frank up there flying that. Yeah, I know that guy. Yeah. Or pick up a phone and call somebody and be like, oh, yeah, that's, like, that's our shit. Okay, like this, cool. this looks like no one problem. of ours. Is this one of ours? <laughs> yeah, this one of ours. There's no need to You should to be able evacuate. to get that information in less than 40 seconds from somebody. Uh, it just blows my mind. Like <laughs> this, this is why, but this is why I can't. This is why I can't do it, Gary. I can't watch this shit or listen to it because these people are more I grew up thinking that people who ran our country were adults and they were smarter than everybody else 
And now I'm an adult and I'm a moron. And I know, I know without hesitation, without question, I don't have the Ivy League education they do, and I can't read a book. But I am head and shoulders smarter than every one of those sons of bitches. Every one of them. <laughs> and that's what scares me. I don't disagree with you. I really don't. Uh, blows my mind. I'm an idiot who can't read, and they all have Ivy League education, and I'm smarter than them. I can make better decisions than all of them. <laughs> that's why I hate our news. Oh man! They're not just the news. That, that's why. That's why I hate the people that are in that building running away scared. Cheers to. We couldn't figure that out before. So our first choice was to run away and hide. Yeah, that makes me feel great. Great. Yes. We didn't even have a threat. And we're all hiding in a bunker. Yeah. Like all Basically. of them. Cheers to the Washington Nationals. So, so now for military appreciation. Now we, so now right. we let the whole world know. <laughs> it's one one just slight just threat, and everybody's going to go run to a bunker. Pretty much. They can just walk in and take it over. That's what they did. That's... Oh, my God. <laughs> they evacuated the cabin uh, because of they... an unresponsive aircraft, which is, you know, blows I, I just keep telling myself, it's the greatest country on earth. It's the greatest country on earth. We have bullshit first world problems, okay? We do. That's... We do. I, I understand 90% of our problems are brought on by ourselves, and they're not real problems. I understand that. So I can't let this stuff get me too mad. But man, <laughs> it is it is funny though. Oh my gosh! Well, good for the Nats to show everybody our incompetence. Exactly, that, that makes me smile because the Nats aren't doing anything else good. Now you got that it right. Just sucks. No. <laughs> they, they certainly do. All right, let hey, me... can we talk about baseball for five seconds? Yeah, yeah. You talking about? Uh, do you want to talk about the Nashville uh, Stars or you I, want to talk about something else? I, I want to talk about the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, the, the Cleveland yeah. Guardians. Or tied for first place. I thought I thought they would literally tanking this year. Uh, they yeah. spent thirty million dollars on the whole team. They, they've scored more <laughs> runs than every other team, like almost combined, right now. Like, yes. it's just insane. No, it it doesn't make any sense at all. Like they're they're seven and five, uh, but their run differential is plus twenty five. Like yeah. it's it, no, the every Mets. other game I watch, there I flip on the schedule and I'm like, they're up by twelve. Who's beating people by 12 every night? <laughs> They're scoring double digits. This looks like old-school SEC games. Yes. Like, it, it really blows my mind looking at it. It's 13-5 uh, Thir- to five is the final. It's like, shit, I watched that Mississippi State-Auburn game a couple years ago. It looks like that right there. Jose Ramirez has four home runs. Uh, Oscar Mercado has three. Jose Owen Ramirez Hill. has 20. They've played 11 20 games RBIs. Right now. Yeah. Jose Ramirez, over 20 RBIs in 11 games. So I've never seen anything like this. I, ne- I thought this team was doing such a disservice. To they're going to change their name to something weird that nobody likes. You got to come out. You got to spend some money, and you got to put a product on the field worth watching, so you can showcase your team. I was wrong. They're much smarter than me. They're good at their job. They're probably not going to win the pennant. They're probably not going to win the World Series. But damn, they are fun to watch. And that's you know me. Just oh, yeah. Don't be boring. They uh they have scored sixty two runs in twelve games. Anyway, a lot of runs. Sorry, I know that was a complete derail, but man, you talked about the Nats, and I thought, wow, I just can't, I can't believe, I can't believe how wrong I was on this team. I mean, we we still got a little, you know, we got some time to go. Oh yeah, it's early, uh, but but yeah, they're entertaining. Sixty-five runs in in, in half the season. Yes, that's that's crazy. In eighty games, just crazy to me. Crazy, crazy. All right, let me let you go, and I will wrap this thing up.
Thank you, Gary. All right. Thank you, buddy. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. All right, so that was Chris. That's going to wrap things up for today. I was going to talk about the Juco pitcher that uh, that tackled the guy that hit the home run off of him, but we're going to skip that one. We'll wait a little bit. Uh, We might talk some NBA playoffs next week, et cetera. There are some injuries that are going on inside the NBA playoffs, but uh, we won't discuss that for right now. We are just going to let it be. Hopefully, all of you have wonderful weekends. And with that, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. You guys take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully, hopefully, all of your tickets cash this weekend. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.